Grave Digger Radio, broadcast live from the afterlife. Welcome to Gravedigger Radio. This is your host, Zach, hanging out in the studio with the eldritch horror, Jason. We still have no anonymous Mike, and at this point, we're kind of starting to get a little worried about him, actually. <laughs> uh, we've gotten no postcard. We've received no package containing, like, a pinky or anything. So we really don't know what's become of anonymous Mike. He may not even be on the planet. He may not be. He may actually just be plugged into the Matrix right now, <laughs> and uh, he may be downloaded into like a cyborg body or something. But we've not uh, seen nor heard from Anonymous Mike, but we are hopeful that he will rejoin us in some kind of ethereal form. I believe he will. I, I think he certainly shall. I, I, I don't think he'll be able to resist the call of the podcasting and, and Gravedigger Radio and, mm-hmm. and bringing weird stories to you guys. So, Jason, what do we got today? Well, um, now that we're entering the, you know, festive Christmas season, um, it was your idea, actually, to talk about Krampus. Right. I mean, I don't think we've really done uh, an actual Christmas episode. So this is the Gravedigger Radio Christmas special. Well, around here, it's pretty much Halloween 24-7. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, 365. The fact that our studio has, like, decaying stone walls and everything, it's... Uh, and its own ghost. And its own ghost. It's, it's very fitting for what we do. Mm-hmm. So when you're sitting around, you know, listening to the radio about this time of year, you're probably inundated with Mariah Carey. I, I know. I feel the Beatles. You know, you know the scene in uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, Two Towers, where he's like, "And so it begins." Yeah, I feel like that is me when the first time I hear Mariah Carey <clears throat> each year. But, I mean, it's it's mid October right now. We're recording our Christmas episodes, and I was like buying some like razors and, and aftershave cream. At the CVS, and I'm going down the aisle, and they already got the Christmas stuff out, and I'm just, like, outraged. As much as I love Christmas, I'm like, come on. It's not even Halloween. Oh, yeah. At, like, Target and Walmart and all that, you can go ahead and see that they're slowly rolling it's... out their Christmas, and it's like, you stay back. <laughs> exactly. I, we we need, like, a nice demarcation yes. between Christmas and Halloween. Yes. But in true Grape Digger Radio forum, we decided to make Christmas as creepy as possible. So today we're going to talk about Krampus. And you're not going to hear any holiday songs about Krampus, at least not in the United States, because Krampus is a sort of um, half-goat, half-demon, beastly critter who literally uh, goes around, like, whacking people into becoming nicer people. Yeah, I mean, mostly children. It's more of a mm-hmm. a, a child-beating, devouring uh, Christmas icon, if you will. Yeah, like the Christmas hobgoblin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the descriptions of Krampus kind of vary from region to region. We're talking about mostly Central Europe, really. But um, a, a few of the like things remain consistent. He typically has pointed horns like a devil, a uh, long forked tongue, body covered in like a coarse fur, kind of like a goat had had sex with a demon. Basically like a demonic Sasquatch-looking creature with uh, some cloven hooves and horns and all that. But then he's also got the... Uh cage on his back or a sack that he carries mm-hmm. full of children and all that too yeah and he's kind of this weird counterpart to saint nicholas who is of course associated with with christmas i mean that's what santa claus saint nicholas kind of is but he's like the the bad boy saint nicholas like if you're not on on you know good terms with saint nick then you got to deal with krampus um so in the christian tradition saint nicholas is the patron saint of children so it adds up with kind of the christmas tradition but i also found out zach that he's the uh 
patron saint of, of single people. So he's kind of like your patron saint as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. I so, mean, I'm I'm mortified of children, <laughs> so I don't think that, like I children actively terrify me. Yeah. So so Krampus is kind of my my go to guy mm-hmm. because he's taking the children away, which is exactly what I want to have happen to be as far away from the children as possible. Yeah, and then Saint Nicholas will kind of take care of you as like this single loner, like you know, cat person. <laughs> God, God, you make me sound so sad. <laughs> oh, like you don't like cats. This this is true. I I, yeah. I, I definitely do. St. Nicholas's uh, Saint's Day is December 6th, which, you know, according to history is like the, his day he passed away. But uh, in the Eastern Christian calendar, um, his Saint's Day is December 19th. So you can see how he kind of gets piled in with the whole Christmas thing because it's right up against, you know, Christmas. And Krampusnacht, pardon my crappy German, is the night before December the 5th. So you can see that Krampus and St. Nicholas are often kind of paired together. Kind of like you and me. Maybe I'm the St. Nick to your Krampus. Oh, man. I, Did we, you want to be St. Nick or am no, I Krampus? No, but now I feel like we need to... Uh, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I think at this point we're like common law married. So we could yeah. do uh, uh, St. Nick and Krampus couples costume. <laughs> I think would work out great. <laughs> so, um, you know, many European cultures, they welcome the kindly man as a figure of like generosity and benevolence who rewards good children. But the counterpart to that is that you have Krampus, who is kind of feared and menacing. And so he's like the one who would come along and punish the bad. Those who didn't receive the the goodwill of St. Nick would kind of get the bad end of the stick, literally, from from Krampus. Um, He is widely feared in Germany and Austria. Krampus's name is likely derived from the German word Krampen, which means claw, again, forgive my German. Um... And he's also likened to, like, the son of hell in Norse mythology. And, you know, German and, and, and like, uh, Scandinavian cultures are kind of derived from the same ultimate Indo-European root. At some point, they, you know, spread apart from one another. One went north, one went south. So it's kind of like this ancient, I mean, beyond, like, historical reckoning culture that gave rise to these to the Kramp, the Krampus phenomenon, if you want to call it that. And it's pretty interesting, too, just the way cultural diffusion and these myths and legends kind of work mm-hmm. because if you look at the scandinavian norse mythology there is no son of hell ever mentioned hmm. and so when we were doing the research for the show it was you know that was the thing that kept coming up over and over that he was the son of hell but everything that i could find that was an exclusively germanic addition to the norse mythology hmm. And you can see some parallels in Greek mythology as well, because so much of his appearance is linked with like satyrs and fauns, you know, and then more nature-based pagan deities, I guess is the word I can use, that it comes from those those traditions. So the legend of Krampus is part of this centuries-old Christmas tradition in Central Europe, where um, the celebrations around Christmas um, begin in early December. Again, I mentioned before, Krampus and St. Nick are kind of tied together. One is um, what you want to have, a visit from St. Nicholas, and the other is the punishment version in Krampus, who would go around and swat the wicked children, stuff them in a sack or, or like this wicker basket that he would carry on his back, and take them away to his lair for, I guess, more punishment? <laughs> well, it, it kind of depends on the, the version that you're looking at. Because mm-hmm. in some instances, he takes them away to... To, to beat them, or sometimes he eats them. Oh, lovely. Or even in some instances of the story, especially once more Catholic Christian influences got involved, he would drag them to hell. Nice, nice. 
That's a good way to put your kids to bed at night. Like, you know, if you're good, uh, maybe Krampus will come, or maybe Saint Nicholas. Right. Yeah. If if you're good, you'll get Saint Nicholas. But if you're if you if you kids leave your damn bike on the yard one more time, <laughs> Krampus is gonna come and drag you to hell. You also see the symbology of chains associated with Krampus a lot, and maybe that's from the Christian influence. I mean, it's kind of a typical symbol you've seen for someone like being burdened with the sins that they had in life, like carrying forward into the afterlife as a sort of a punishment or imprisonment for their bad behavior. Um, it's believed that, that, that Christians kind of Christianity kind of added that to the Krampus legend and kind of equated him with with you know the, the great devil, the capital D devil in Christian um, thinking tradition. Yeah, because it was kind of this idea of the depiction with the chains of binding the devil. Mm-hmm. According to folklore, Krampus reportedly shows up in towns, like I said, the December 5th, which is right before the Saint's Day for St. Nicholas, and this is known as Krampus, Krampus Night in, in English. Krampus Nacht. Yeah. In, in, the, in the German. There was a movie uh, recently made called, basically, Krampus by director Al Reitenauer, <clears throat> and he is quoted as saying that Krampus is a kind of a boogeyman associated with the Christmas season. And he says that uh, Krampus is actually a species of being and not just one singular creature. So, I don't know, Zach, so if you have one, it's a Krampus. But if you have a bunch of them, that'd be a Krampi? I, I think so. I, I think a Krampi would be... I, I don't I don't know what the term for a, a group of Krampus would be. Um, a clutch of Krampus? I would submit, a claw of Krampus? I would submit a Grinch of Krampi. Oh, okay. I like that one. I like that one a lot, actually. <laughs> I have nothing to base that on. Other than I like the fact that you have the Grinch stories, you know, by Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Maybe he's stealing from that a little bit. Grinch could be a Krampus kind of figure. I, n- I never thought about that, but uh-huh. I mean, it, it makes sense because Seuss was German, wasn't he? I don't know. So, I mean, I, I, I don't that, know. That wasn't his real name, was it? No, I, I have no idea. I'm, I'm not a uh, Dr. Seuss uh, <laughs> biographer by any means. <laughs> But uh, if he if he was, he would certainly know the story of Krampus. And so one of the signature uh, features of Krampus is that he's always whacking these kids with a, a birch twig. Um, and that was somehow symbolic um, in the Central European legends associated kind of with St. Nicholas coming back from the dead because the birchwood has some symbology linked to St. Nicholas as well. So Well, apparently he came back from the dead and, and beat this priest like with an inch of his life with a birch uh, branch. Mm-hmm. I just think of my grandma like telling me to go out in the yard and pick my own switch. <laughs> Son of a gun. That sucked. <laughs> I, I never had to endure that uh, particular brand what? of child abuse. Well, that's why <laughs> you ain't right, boy. <laughs> you never had to go pick your own switch. No. I didn't get beat as a child. I mean, I probably should have, but it was a, but I didn't. It was this horrible moment because like, well, I could get this little skinny one because it's skinny, but then it's all like squitchy and whippy. Or did they hit you if you picked like too wimpy of a of a switch too? Well, well but that's what I'm saying. Like a little little one, like kind of like last year, you know, it's almost whip like, so you'd be like striated and stuff. But if you got a thick one, then it's like a proper like bone whacking kind of like deep muscle. It's like a club. Yeah, it's almost club like. So it's like, which do I want? Oh God! Then I gotta take it back to Grandma. And so we're gonna be using all of our <laughs> Patreon money for Jason's therapy. So if you would like to donate to our Patreon, do that now. Well, uh, Krampus, for obvious reasons, I suppose, was kind of suppressed by the medieval and, and, and Renaissance church because they didn't want, um, you know, this devil-like image associated with all the religious holidays that stack up around Christmas time. And, uh, of course, these were also 
associated with like some pretty like rowdy celebrations that would go on. People dressing up like Krampus and getting really kind of out of hand celebrating Krampus night and kind of like delving into a little bit of debauchery ahead of like a really holy season. And you, frankly, you see the same thing around Easter. You know, it's the whole Mardi Gras tradition is go out and have your fun because now we're in Lent and you got to act right. Well, and I was, I was really surprised to find out doing the research on this that Christmas tradition in ye olden times mm-hmm. was marked by heavy amounts of intoxication. Oh, yeah. That it was meant to be a very rowdy time. So I'm surprised how puritanical and, and holy that it's become in modern times, given its uh, debaucherous origins. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there's so much diversity across the different denominations, you know, some some uh, denominations are fine with, with some alcohol and some are not, you know, the, you had the more, like you said, puritanical traditions that really um, outlaw any kind of... Um, Fun? Fun whatsoever. And um, so, yeah, some of these celebrations could um, be quite rowdy. Um, between 1890 and the beginning of, like, the early, like, 20th century, Krampus Christmas cards became produced by German companies that were sold in Austria and Germany and, and around the world. They often fic- uh, featured text that included Brav Sign, which is kind of like a, a, a good wishing from Krampus, greetings from Krampus, maybe a little bit tongue-in-cheek or ironic that, you know, well, I think that one was supposed to be like, uh, be good. Right. Yeah, just, just the idea of... Almost if a threat, right, right from Krampus, yeah. that get your shit together. Because... Right, if, if you're not good, you're going to get a visit from Krampus. Right, and these images on the card showed, like, crying children kind of being frightened by Krampus, or kidnapped, or terrified, you know, chased down the street from Krampus, um, because I guess they had been bad kids all year long, and now they got the Krampus instead of St. Nicholas. But I, I don't even know if, if necessarily... The St. Nicholas visits were always that good because the traditional German presents could be nice things like toys and candy, or you could just get a stick. Like, just a right. straight up, just like a rod, is what it was saying. And even still in, in you know, the modern American Christmas, like, it's still, you know, we know that you could always just get a lump of coal in your stocking if you were a little shit. Which is, is significantly better than being drugged to hell by the... Demonic yeah, goat man. Yeah, I'll, I'll take definitely take a lump of coal as opposed to lashings and being drugged to the underworld. You can see in some of these cards, there's even like a female version of Krampus, who are, of course, you know, kind of sexified compared to the male version. But they did still have like the long tongue and the horns. Um, so now we've got kind of like the Krampus thing, like being likened unto like a succubus or incubus kind of depiction. Which is, which is interesting because there's a little bit of a seduction there to it. So not only are you being punished, but maybe you're being lured into that punishment a bit. And it was very interesting to me looking at these pictures that, you know, we're talking 1920s, early 1930s. And they were very much the female Krampus, female Krampi, were kind of these pin-up sexy devil ladies. <laughs> Right, exactly. Like, not remotely the hideous monster <laughs> that Krampus is. So it's it, it's very interesting how those those things come about. Yeah, and, and lately there's been, you know, more like as society has more, been more secularized or whatever, that um, there's been kind of a, a renewed interest in Krampus. Um, here in the United States, you see people embracing kind of the, the Krampus tradition. And then not that there isn't like a lot of like Austrian-German you know, immigrants that maybe brought that with them, but also like in, in pop culture, 
like I said, there was a, a recent movie and there's some special like TV episodes that come around on Christmas, Christmas time that, you know, go with the whole Krampus, Krampus uh, imagery and like almost like a scary aspect to Christmas. Uh, we've been seeing a lot more of that. And, and even local like Krampus nights popping up in some of the larger American cities like D.C. and New Orleans. Of course, New Orleans will get screwed up for any reason. They just don't need an excuse. <laughs> Any any excuse to drink and have a wild time in New Orleans is, yeah. is a okay with them. Yeah, pretty much. So there's in modern Austria, Germany, Hungary, Slovenia, and even in the Czech Republic, you have these Krampus Lauf, these Christmas runs of sorts where um, people get dressed up and and, and they'll like as Krampus and they'll like chase other people through the streets and like fleeing like the, the Christmas devils. Yeah, and they'll they'll beat you with the sticks and all that stuff yeah. and. Chase you into the stores and everything. Like, kind of like a weird running of the bulls kind of thing, except it's people dressed up as Krampus. Which I feel is a lot more fun because I, I, I like my odds <laughs> against somebody in a Krampus suit way better than I do like an actual bull. Yeah, especially if he's got them weird backward goat legs going on. I'm pretty right. sure I can outrun that dude. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on how much he's been drinking. Just, just zigzag. That's the key. That's the answer. Yes. Serpentine, always. The same thing works for alligators. If you're running from <laughs> one, like, you know, take sharp turns. and sharp Tune in the Grave Digger Radio for these <laughs> handy survival tips. They come in handy. We just impart, like, little nuggets of wisdom that we pepper in through our episodes. And it, it's funny because, like, you know, the Krampus runs and the, the Krampus, I don't know, mythology, tradition, let's say tradition, is becoming more and more popular in Austria and Germany. And it's kind of like them, like, re-embracing some of their cultural heritage. And, you know, what could go wrong with, like, celebrating German cultural heritage, right? Like, let's let's play that up as much as possible. (laughs) I, uh, yeah, there's nothing that could possibly go wrong with that (laughs) at all in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Krampus parades are also called uh, the Perktenlauf or Klaubof. Klaubof. Killing me here with with the words, Zach. Um, but these, like, are probably, like, stem back to, like, a more ancient, like, pagan tradition that goes back centuries even before, like, Christianity, like, was introduced to these countries. And, again, it always involves, like, you know, young people dressed in these costumes, marching in the streets, and uh, trying, like, symbolically eliminating the ghosts of winter. So, you know, all this is happening around, like, the, the winter solstice. So from here on out, the days are getting longer. So it's very symbolic of, like, the turning of the year. And uh, the the cold, dark, hard part of the year, again, it's very agrarian based as well. It's giving way, and the light will slowly be returning to the world. And so it's it's kind of cool that they're not only like this moralistic aspect to it, but like a like a, this agrarian aspect to it, where like the 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 year is turning, and the days will get longer, and the the good times will return soon. So you're you're punishing the bad and welcoming the return of the good for those, I guess, who you know. It kind of, it almost kind of makes me think of um, like the no masks and the oni masks and all that kind mm-hmm. of chasing away evil spirits that you see a lot in uh, mm-hmm. like East Asian cultures. Yeah, and that's also kind of like the symbology behind like you know the jack o' lantern. It's like you put these things outside your houses at night, and they're kind of scary or spooky to ward off any spirits that may try to infiltrate your house because you know, Halloween is like this liminal time between life and death and spirits are you know roaming the earth and you don't want them to hang around where you live in western austria the pagan tradition of dressing up in perkton costumes sometimes they're also called tufel or krampus depending on the region and they take to the streets to get rid of winter ghosts this goes back you know 
over 2,000 years. It's an ancient tradition. In Bavaria and like the Alpine region of eastern Austria, you may have a St. Nicholas also come along. Again, they're pairing them together with a small posse of Krampusai. <laughs> Krampuses? I think I think Krampus is struggling here, man. <laughs> That's why I enjoyed bringing this story to you. Is just listening to you butcher German <laughs> over there just puts a little Christmas cheer in my spirit. Yeah, well, I come from a Celtic heritage, so you know, don't yeah, have a lot like, of familiarity with this stuff. <laughs> uh, so a small posse of, of Krampuses or angels bear and, and who would bear gifts door to door on the evening of December fifth. And, you know, at, at the door, St. Nicholas would ask the children about their behavior, and if they were able to, you know, properly recite their catechism or some seasonal poem, sing a song in some way, you know, like appease St. Nicholas, then they could receive a gift. But if they screwed it up, along would come the Kramp- Krampuses, and maybe dealing out, you know, like a little bit of scare or a threat, you know, maybe give them a little play- playful whack with a birch staff. feel like Germanic uh, mafia here to where he's going door to door shaking down these kids to see if they've been good <laughs> and if not Krampus is going to break your knees so these holidays are um, according to author Stephen Nissenbaum uh, Christmas in these cultures was a holiday that was characterized by like we mentioned boisterous revelry it was kind of a combination of Halloween New Year's Eve and, and Mardi Gras um, the celebrations could include mummers that would demand alcohol door to door uh, which later involved into trick-or-treating, but I think maybe he's more talking about wassailing. Okay, what is what is wassailing? It's kind of the same thing, where you would go door-to-door during you know the, the, the Christmas holiday season and demanding drink and kind of having this like on-the-go bar-hopping party. You know, I make wassail at my Christmas parties. Right. That's where that comes from. It's an alcoholic, usually a spiced cider or something. And why did we do away with this? I'm this, trying to bring it back. This sounds amazing. Yeah, no, that's the thing. You just go door to door and like with the cup and be like, "Here we go, wassailing among the trees so green." And you just say, "Here's here's my cup. Can I get some booze?" It's like adult trick or treating during oh. during like the Christmas winter solstice Yuletide season. We've got to bring this back because like I would absolutely get on that. Like I always said that we need to have an adult trick or treat, like handing out those little airplane bottles of booze to the parents. Yeah, but like that this. I mean, I would even learn to sing some Christmas carols if they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna pour me some booze and like a, a little bit of spiced. What is it? Wa- what is wassail? It's a spiced wine rum thing. No, it's it's like a apple cider based. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, clearly, I have no idea. I make but it every year. I know I, I, it's tasty. I just don't. Like November know. through January, I'm bringing the shit out of that I, stuff. I, I don't ask questions. I just pour it and I get drunk. That's that's what I do. I throw in some cloves and some cinnamon, and you can add some rum and. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. A good old so time. it's yeah, like I said, it's got rum in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, See, I knew what we were talking about the whole time. The, the, the intention is to have a, a good time. Um, so, you know, once the, like, the German immigrants came to the United States, uh, all these legends kind of came with them and, you know, kind of accumulated, acclimated, I should say, cut that, acclimated to American culture. And, you know, we still have some of these kind of going around. In the Pennsylvania Dutch communities, for example, you know, you would have the legend of the Frau Perkta. Um, and this is a woman, kind of a witch-like, character who would go around during the christmas season the 12 days of christmas um rewarding the good people and punishing the bad um she was pretty pretty you know metal as we would say these these days um so she um would tear open the stomachs of naughty children and replace their organs with stones or hay um a similar figure in italy kind of a fairy woman known as la Bafana, 
would visit children on January 5th, which is the last day of the Christmas season. That's Twelfth Night. You might know it as Twelfth Night. And um, she would either punish or leave things in their socks at night. You can see how these are all very similar to the, still, the traditions that we still have. If they're good, they get some candy. If they're bad, they would get rocks I was gonna say, what, or charcoal. What tradition do you have where you're gutting children <laughs> and turning them into scarecrows? Well, she's like the, the radical, you know, okay. version. Like, yeah, <laughs> she's the, the hardcore version of this. <laughs> I, I'm really concerned about you know what happens at the Christmas parties after I leave. If this is you know just lumped in as Christmas tradition, yeah. But I mean, I think uh, you know, like the modern American mainstream Christmas tradition is really kind of the, the product. You know, we don't have Krampus around anymore. I mean, we know about it because we're weird and we're trying to raise awareness about Krampus on the podcast. But, I mean, it's still a very, like, small figure that we don't know much about today. But it, maybe it's a bigger deal in Central Europe. So that's kind of the point of this episode is to tell people how messed up some Christmas celebrations can be. Um, like, the modern American version is really an outgrowth of the Victorian-era kind of Christmas edition, or, uh, traditions that we borrowed from, from Great Britain. Of course, we're just their ugly bastard stepchild anyway, right? And, and all of this was greatly influenced by A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, and, which is probably, like, the most influential work that, that shaped our Christmas traditions to this day, backed up by the Christian revivalism you know, movement of the 1800s which emphasized a lot of social justice reforms, including like better care for the sick and the poor, which gave rise to like the, the modern welfare system as we know it. And even up in including like the abolitionist movements that eradicated slavery in the United States and Britain. So, um, but it's somewhere along the way, we kind of like dropped Krampus out of it. But it's funny to me that, you know, if, you, if you're at all familiar with the Christmas Carol, it's still these supernatural figures that come to Scrooge during the night and kind of browbeat him and threaten him with death and eternal servitude, including those chains that we mentioned before, that he will have to bear through all eternity if he doesn't act right in life, make amends for his sins, and like get with the program with like you know, Christian you know ethics. It's funny that those two traditions kind of ultimately get to the same <laughs> meeting point where you need to improve your behavior because if you don't in the here and now, you will suffer you know eternal damnation and torment at the hands of either hell and the devil or this Krampus figure who will drag you there and uh, torture you for all eternity. Yeah, it's, Merry it's... Christmas, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It is really interesting, though, that this lovely time of year where we're all supposed to be filled with joy and cheer mm -hmm. ends in eternal damnation for so many. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a tradition. You better straighten up and fly right. I mean, I'm, you know, like something with horns is coming for you. <laughs> oh, I'm absolutely certain of that. I, <laughs> I I look forward to the day. I was going to say that you know, actually, Zach, I'm not. I'm a little surprised that you're not more of a fan of Christianity because it's pretty metal. I mean, in in a lot of the uh, oh god, I I know I'm using the kids' language, but it's pretty metal. I, I always enjoy watching you uh, learn the <laughs> vernacular of the youth, but the youths, the youths, <laughs> the uh, I don't, I don't want to say you know for for fear of getting fussed at. I don't want to say Christian mythology, uh, Christian mythos, maybe might be the right word. Like the traditions is a safe word. Okay, traditions. Like I'm trying to think the you know the stories, the characters. I don't want to poop on anybody's beliefs. No, I'm not, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to poop on that. I'm I'm kind of at a loss for the right words that I want to use here. But like the the stories, don't get me wrong. There is a lot of uh, 
of hardcore stuff that goes on in those stories. Read read about some of the lives of the saints. It was not pleasant. <laughs> oh no! Like it's and it's weird to me how we, I, I guess, time glorifies and erases a lot of the the brutal stuff that occurred historically. Mm-hmm. Because the Catholic saints, most of them were were tortured terribly before their death. Well, I mean, that's the kind of point I was getting at. Like Christianity is very metal. You have a God who cares about creation, but he's having a hard time getting his message across. You know, he throws floods and everything at it. His created beings and they still don't get the message so he decides to come down as a human and tell them about how he wants them to behave <laughs> all these good ways love your neighbor as yourself you know love everybody equally across the board no exceptions and so humanity decides to take him into custody torture him mercilessly for three days and then you know execute him in the worst way imaginable <laughs> did you watch uh good omens <laughs> no oh man you would you would love it there's uh i think i read i read the book okay so you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah the uh the scene where uh, oh okay i'm drawing a blank on the the david Tennant demon but where he's in like you know jesus being crucified he's like what did he say he's like well he told everyone to love one another and like, that was not <laughs> a popular that guy <laughs> right that was not a popular opinion uh but you know you know i hear all that but i'm gonna still have to go with uh with my guy krampus <laughs> is i think is is a better messenger of hey if your kids are little shits yeah uh, I really, it's kind of Krampus, I think it's a bad rap, because he might be doing a service for these parents, actually. Maybe he's like a tough love figure, right? right? Like he's like he's like the he's like the stick instead of the carrot. See, if if St. Nick is the patron saint of children, then I feel like Krampus... And single people. And single people. I feel like Krampus should be the uh, the patron saint He's of, the heavy. <laughs> right. Or of, like, of the child free. <laughs> which is what i shall always oh, be there you go you know because he's taking them away he's taking these little bastard kids away and no one has to see or deal with them again <laughs> but just the bad ones right just the bad ones. some just kids ones. are lovely eh, they're okay tolerable tolerable is the word i'll use <laughs> well guys we're hoping that you are enjoying your holiday season as you listen to gravedigger radio enjoy a cup of wassail enjoy a cup of wassail and you know really if you just want to Change the mood of any Christmas gathering. And get shit-faced on Twelfth Night. <laughs> there you go. But just bring up some of the conversations and topics that we've mentioned here throughout the duration of Gravedigger Radio. You the, know, if you did so, you'd probably have less gifts to give out. You would have less people to deal with. Offend all the relatives. And- but, you know, the, the nice thing with Gravedigger Radio is if you listen to us regularly and you regurgitate the things that you hear on the show it's guaranteed to make you weird at parties yes. and that's what we're here to bring to you guys so if you like what we're doing here at gravedigger radio and you want to help us keep doing it head over to our patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash gravedigger coffee.com forward slash gravedigger all right guys we'll tune in next time for the spooky tale